to the Lunchtime Sports Sandwich with Nathan Sage and Steve Sell. Enjoy your lunch with our fun-filled McPherson Radio Sports Show every Thursday from 12.15 to 1. Nathan and Steve will dive into and take a few bites from all your favorite local... Off the left side, still on his feet, end zone, touchdown, come! McPherson, the sophomore. Who is Jayton Gum? Oh, he just made a name for himself right there. College. Man goes in motion. Southwestern loads the box. Hill running to the near sideline and is in. Touchdown Bulldogs. The wild Mish works again and they engineer a game. Go ahead. Touchdown drive. And pro sports. And two to Kendry's Morales. A two-run lead for Kansas City. Sends the ball well hit into left center field. And that one is gone! And the Chiefs kingdom has firmly planted its flag on top of football's highest summit. The Kansas City Chiefs are champions of Super Bowl 54. So grab your food, get your drink, turn up that radio, and enjoy your lunch with the Lunchtime Sports Sandwich on McPherson's Radio, 96.7 FM KBBE, and online at midkansasradio.com. And now, here's Nathan Sage and Steve Sell. Got me hot. And welcome in to the Lunchtime Sports Sandwich. I'm Nathan Sage. Join alongside once again Steve Sell as we have another episode. And we got more things to talk about. More sports, more high school sports, more college, more pro, more everything. Sports are on the docket and it is a great time. It's lunchtime, Steve. Obviously, I'm drinking my Gatorade. I already had something early. I know you had something earlier. Hopefully, everybody out there had got something to eat. And now they can get a little side of sports action here on the Lunchtime Sports Sandwich again. Nathan Sage with Steve Sell. First off, we got a football game tomorrow. We got area football games going on. We got some volleyball and all that stuff going on. But let's first off, let's dive right in, Steve. Let's get into, we obviously had Coach Pav in here today doing the pregame interview with him, talking to him about his squad. We got a little bit of news when it comes to injuries, a little news of where he feels this team is getting ready to take on Great Bend. Kind of break it down. Where, where do you think this bullpup, is, bullpup team is getting ready to take on these Panthers from Great Bend? Well, I wrote a column earlier this week about the bullpups, and, and you know, they're a very good football team right now, but I think they're just scratching the surface. I think this is a team that's got a lot of room to grow. Uh, you know, they came off a 41-0 victory over Circle, probably the weakest team they'll have on their schedule. Um, did a lot of good things. Did some things not so good. 12 penalties, three turnovers. Uh, Coach Pav addressed that. Got some guys nicked up a little bit. Um, we're not exactly sure who's going to be available on Friday, who's not, because we have some injuries and, uh, uh, you know, things like that. But this is a team with a lot of depth. Now, Great Ben, this is the first meeting with Great Ben since 2009. And the Bullpups used to play Great Ben quite a bit. McPherson's won the last three meetings, but that's pretty inconsequential now since it was so long ago. Overall in the series, Great Ben leads 10 nights. So the Bullpups are looking for a win to get this thing deadlocked. And I think this is a good team for the Bullpups to play right now. I think, except for Bueller, this will be the toughest game left on the regular season schedule. You know, Great Ben's a very physical football team. They were down 22-14 to Hayes, and then the game got away from them. Uh, they struggled defensively, uh, and that's not good when you're 
facing a bullpup team that can really put up a lot of yards over 500 last week. But it'll be a good test. Great Ben always has physical kids, and they have kids that will play hard. And I think they're going to be very similar to Salina South and maybe just a little bit better in the skill positions. Now, I know last week we talked to Coach Pav, and he made it sound like, hey, Circle's a lot better than what they were. We kind of second-guessed him. We're like, oh, it's Circle, and we get there. And they put up a, a fight, especially on defense. One thing Coach Pav said today when I spoke to him about this Great Bend team is they played – two 5A schools. This team in Great Bend, their record again is not indicative of, of what that we're going to see on the field Friday night and he got to, he, he feels he got his guys prepared and again you mentioned that they're kind of dealing with some injuries, kind of dealing with some little aggravations here and there. The one thing I think that is going to be different in this game or that we haven't seen and I'm, I'm not saying it's going to make an impact like we've seen with Jaden Gum or Gus Ruddle or anybody like that but Sky Shriner is back and he's been out all you know all this season hasn't gotten a chance to be, play what i think that does because of hoover not the unknown if hoover's going to be able to play or run the ball or play defense or anything like that i think when you put another guy like shriner's ability in there with Jaden gum this off this offense has another weapon especially running the game especially opportunities to spread it out running the ball and i think it's going to be interesting well you know the bullpups are kind of like the kansas city chiefs they've yep. got so many options and so many weapons it's just you know for coach monty our offensive coordinator he's kind of like a kid in the candy store but uh right now the plan is sky shriner may get some carries um we'll see how he is in warm up but he has been practicing he just hadn't been cleared, but he was cleared this week for, you know, full contact. And Sky Shriner's a guy that has a, a lot of quickness. He's got, you know, he's got that little burst, you know, between the tackles. So, uh, you know, you put him with Jaden Gum, and that's a pretty nice one-two uh, punch at running back. One thing about this Great Bend football team, last week they gave up almost 10 yards a carry on the ground. Uh, I think it was 38 carries for 360 yards for Hayes, and Hayes did not have their starting quarterback. Hayes' backup quarterback ran for four touchdowns. Uh, they were really – they struggled against the quarterback counter. Now, I don't think you'll see Dylan Rinker run the ball a whole lot. You know, his forte is passing, and, man, did he pass it well last week, over 350 yards. And, again, the bullpups at wide receiver, it's an embarrassment of riches. Um, you know, you've got four guys – well, three guys that have really, you know, stepped up, Powell, Ruddle, Buckby, those guys have been money the first two games. And I still think at some point Jaden Dukes will get involved. Last week, both tight ends, uh, Javen Hill and Sam Becker caught passes. And, you know, those are both underclassmen, both big kids that, are, that can run. And I just think this McPherson offense, uh, they'll put up big points. I think it'll be the defense for the Bullpups will be a little more under the microscope because – Great Ben can move the football. Their quarterback is a good runner. He's a good passer. He had over 200 yards of total offense last week. Uh, but they don't, they don't have a running back that's a real threat, a real breakaway threat. But they have a receiver named uh, Paco. I think it's Paco Rodriguez had 10 catches last week, and he's a home run hitter. So this is a very good opponent for the Bullpups to play. Um, I, I think uh, it'll be close for 
maybe a half, then I think the Bullpups, as they have been all year, they are really a second-half football team. Um, what did they score? 32 in the second half the first game. They scored 26 in the second half last week. It just seems like it's a team that gets better as the game goes on. I think a lot of that has to do offensively. The offensive line just wears people down. That offensive line can really lean on people and push some people around. Yeah, this week's also interesting when it comes to the injury front as I know Jonah Scott is nursing a little bit of a groin injury. He's questionable for Friday. We'll see if he can go. That's big for the offensive line. But then you mentioned there that Great Ben can move the move the ball on offense. And last week we saw this bullpup defensive line really get after the quarterback in McGinnis at circle. Uh, took him down a few times in that one. Going to be a little bit slowed down this week as Jason Neer is going to be out with a non-football injury to his foot. He's going to be out. So it'll be interesting to see who can fill that role and who can get after this great man quarterback. I think, like you said, that to me, our offensive line versus their defensive line is a win for the Bullpups in any game, really. But I think when it comes to this week, especially defensive line for us and against their offensive line, if we can slow that offense down a great bend, it could be a very quick game for us. Um, but it, we'll, we'll have to see come Friday. Yeah, I, I just don't think you'll see uh, the ease with which the Bullpups won last week. I have no doubt they're going to win the game, but I think it's going to be a lot more difficult because Great Ben's physical. You know, they'll have some big kids on both the offensive and defensive line. They're very well coached. They've got great tradition. There was a time we went over to Great Ben and we just got our, you know, our head handed to us, I think, three or four years in a row. And I think in those games, th this was pre-Tom Young days. We were giving up about 50 a game in those games. They had some tremendous athletes back then. I remember Bobby Williams, a receiver, was just fantastic. He was also a great kicker. So, Great Ben will be a very uh, good test before the Bullpups go back on the road next week to play at Winfield. Yeah, and you'll be able to get that game right here, 96.7 KBBE. Me and Steve will be on the call pregame set for that one for 6.30, kickoff first at 7 o'clock right here in McPherson. I know I'm excited not to have to travel anywhere. I'm excited to be right here in McPherson, be back at the stadium, and hopefully get another Bullpup win. But we'll take a quick break right here, and we'll come back with more of the Lunchtime Sports Sandwich after this on 96.7 KBBE. Banking is different these days, but at People's Bank, we're here to help. You can visit us at any of our drive through locations or utilize one of our 16 ATMs, many of which accept deposits. You can even bank from home by visiting us online at peoples.bank or use other features such as mobile banking, People's Pay, or our new Apple Watch app. We understand that you have banking needs. And just as before, we will continue to be here for you. People's Bank and Trust, member FDIC. If you have prediabetes, you can cut your risk of developing type 2 diabetes in half. In McPherson Center for Health's Diabetes Prevention Program, participants work in a group with trained health professionals to learn the skills needed to lose weight, become more physically active, and reduce stress. Classes start Tuesday, September 8th. To learn more, call Suzanne Fleming at 620-241-2251, extension 179. Controlling your own weather can be easier than controlling anything else these days. This is Julie with RC Heating and Cooling. With a well-working cooling and heating system, you can be in control of your indoor weather at home. With so many things out of our hands, it's a good feeling to have a bit of stability. Call RC for a free estimate on new cooling and heating equipment. Call RC when your unit isn't up to par. Call RC to stay comfortable in any weather. Call RC, 241-2787.
Nextech Wireless, the best coverage, latest technology provider that's right here in your own backyard. And about that latest technology part, get the sweet new iPhone and unlimited data for under 30 bucks a month. Want more? Switch to Nextech Wireless and get a $100 gift card per line too. So switch now. Get yourself that new iPhone, save some cash, and one more thing. The great customer service, always free. It's time for something different. Nextech Wireless. Certain restrictions apply. See store for details. We are working for the weekend here, Steve, here on the Lunchtime Sports Sandwich. Nathan Sage, join alongside Steve Sell as we are working for that weekend. Tomorrow, football, McPherson taking on Great Bend. Uh, some other area games obviously going on. Some exciting games. Obviously, for me, it's always exciting because right now, we should be thankful that we're having these games. We should be thankful that some fans can even go to these games. Um, so I'm going to continue to be thankful. I'm going to continue to be excited about these games. But some area games, Steve. First off, I know we've talked to uh, the recent coaches of, of uh, Little River as well as Canton Galva, um, getting their thoughts on eight-man football and how things are going on. Canton Galva has a long road trip up to Washington County this week. Uh, Little River trying to get over their heartbreaking loss a week ago, taking on uh, Gassel. Gossel. Gossel. I always, I always you say ruin Gassel. that. I always <laughs> ruin that. I'm going to get it one of these days. Either way, uh, those are the eight-man – I guess you know, looking at the at the at the games, we got Inman at Sacred Heart. We already mentioned Canton Galva. We got Smoky Valley at Hillsboro, Heston at Pratt, and then like we said, Little River is going to be taking on Gossel. I guess any of those any of those area games really stand out to you, Steve? Well, I'll just break it down. You know, go game by game real quickly. Inman at Sacred Heart. Uh, the Teutons are coming off a 67-0 route at Ellenwood. Uh, really impressive last week. That's kind of the Teuton team that uh, I really expected this year. Sacred Heart has really struggled. I look for a big Inman victory there. On paper, Canton Galva and Washington County, both teams 2-0. But I think that's where the similarity is going to end. Uh, I, I just think this Eagle team is so physically and athletically dominant against anybody they play on their schedule. Uh, I just don't see a team playing them close unless it's Little River later in the year. Uh, you know, last year, Canton Gava pretty much had their way with Little River, but, you know, the rest of the time, Little River dominated. Smoky Valley goes to Hillsboro. Uh, it's been a real tough start for the Vikings. Offensively, they have yet to score a touchdown. Hillsboro played Heston last week. That was an, a terrific shootout. 44-39 Heston beat Hillsboro, and that game's on the road. Smoky Valley, I think their goal this week is to get some points on the board and see what happens. Heston makes its first road trip of the year. It goes to Pratt. And, uh, you know, through two games, the Swathers are averaging over 450 yards of offense. They've got a lot of guys, a lot of talented guys in the skill positions. Uh, their quarterback, Ryan Eilert, threw for 230 yards last week. They got a, two receivers, 165, 164, in Bollinger and, and, and Schilling. Uh, they, I think they combined for something like 17 catches last week. So Heston, uh, you know, they handled Pratt pretty easily last year. I think they'll probably take care of the Greenbacks again this week. And then Little River and Gossel, uh, you know, I I talked to a guy that, that was at the Little River or texted a guy that was at the Little River Gossel game. He said it was an incredible football game. You talked with Coach Ayers. Uh, I 
exchanged emails with Coach Ayers. Uh, they were very disappointed they didn't win that game. They felt like they really had some uh, chances uh, go by the board. They had some, I think, a couple touchdowns maybe called back or a couple big plays called back. I think Little River comes back and gets it done in a big way this week. I, I just don't see that many close games on the area schedule this week. One thing interesting about the Little River conversation I had with Coach Ayers and just that game right there, I told him after I was done interviewing, and, and before I get to that, you can get to, you'll be able to hear that, that interview uh, this Saturday during the high school coaches show, 8 to 9 o'clock right here on 96.7 KBBE, but after I got done interviewing him and, and discussing that, I told him, I said, when I was in high school in my senior year, we lost, I believe, the second or third game of the year, and we were ranked, I think, sixth in the state, and we went undefeated the rest of the way. We did end up losing in the semifinals of the playoffs in, in Iowa, up in, up in Iowa in Class 4A, but so what I was telling him is what happened with us is we got angry. And we really refocused, and it made us really pay attention to the little things like McPherson having problems with penalties this last game. That's what we had issues with and, and really focused. And one thing that he said in the interview, and he talks about, and you'll hear this on Saturday, is how angry his team was, um, how they uh, had four touchdowns called back apparently due to penalties. And in a game like that against the top five, another top five team, you just got to, you know, take it as a grain of salt because it's a good game. Regardless, you know, your team competed well and you know, you could, there, there could be more out of them. So put that behind you and go for it. And like you said, I, I expect them to have a huge game this Friday. Yeah. And one game I for, failed to mention, Mound Ridge goes to Bennington. Uh, up, uh, that's will be the Wildcats' first road game. Uh, Mound Ridge is kind of, uh, you know, they're kind of like Smokey. Mound Ridge has struggled offensively. Now, Coach Meeks thought they played a lot better last week, even though the score didn't indicate it. Of course, they played Canton Galva. But he, you know, Mound Ridge ran 43 plays in one half of football. That's on pace for 86 plays in a game. So Canton Galva, of course, only needed 17 plays to score 62 points. Uh, and they also actually had a defensive touchdown in there too. But but when you look at the McPherson area in football this year, it's, it's like we've got four really top quality teams. I think Inman's got a chance to make the final four in 1A. Canton Galva, of course, I really believe they're going to repeat. I think they're going to go 13-0-0 again. Um, and then you got Heston with all those electric playmakers. If their defense comes alive, you know, they, no one's really talking about them in 3A. They're not ranked. They're off to a 2-0 start, but they're not ranked yet. I think this first road game will tell us a lot about the Swathers. And then Little River, like I said, tough loss to Clifton Clyde. Really, I think Canton Galva is the only really tough test remaining on the schedule for Little River. So it'll be interesting to see how much improvement the Redskins make uh, by the time they play Canton Gal. I can't remember which week that's in. I believe it's the 2nd of October. Is that, is that right? So it's just in a few weeks. So uh, that'll be a big matchup. And, of course, Canton Galva is still waiting to play a home game. Yeah, this the, road, is their the third Road Warriors. Game. They, they were supposed to be home last week. Uh, their game got uh, canceled due to a lack of numbers. But uh, they're back on the road this week. I know they're just 
chomping at the bit to get at home to get to Mark Ryder Stadium and, and show their fans just how good they are. But uh, as far as the area, we're going to have some area football teams if we get through the season that are going to make some pretty deep runs in November. Yeah, I think everybody right now is excited for tomorrow. Uh, get some more area high school football games going on. It's always a fun time to be Friday under the lights, but there are some other sports we got to get to as well. I wanted to talk about a little bit about the McPherson High boys soccer team. Um, I know they didn't get the outcome they wanted out of the May South Invitational, but they still played well. And one thing, when I keep going back to that first game we saw them back, I believe, on August 31st, was how they couldn't score and it just seemed a little off and it seems like this team has really really progressed from when we first saw them oh they really have it and really i think you know you said they didn't have the result they wanted i think fourth place in that tournament was probably the best they were going to do when you look at the other teams although they gave Capen a terrific game in the third place game. It was tied with six minutes ago. Capen is a traditional 5A powered, just like the Bullpups are. And uh, then the Bullpups went to Winfield on Tuesday, scored five first half goals, ended up winning 6 0. I really thought this was a year Winfield, which has been pretty decent in the past, had a chance to challenge the Bullpups. But I think scoring six goals. On Tuesday was a real confidence booster. Now they have to go play a very good Salina Central team that has really given them a lot of trouble in recent years. Even when the Bullpups had their, you know, the team from last year, the year before, uh, Salina Central is always outstanding. It's at Central, so that'll be a, a tough game for them. And then also today, uh, the McPherson cross country team, uh, they're on the road at Bueller which is generally the forerunner. I think it must be McPherson Invitational time next week because generally the Bueller meet is right before McPherson. I'm not sure if that's the case this year. I don't have my schedule in front of me. But Cody Achilles and Courtney Eichbush last week down at the Swather Special, uh, they won the 654A uh, race in boys and girls respectively so good job by them of course Cody Achilles also played soccer that day so did Tito Mendez they're doing a little double duty and what a you know that is just what a story that is how inspiring that is that they're playing two sports so uh, that's in action and then looking at the other sports uh, the McPherson High uh, girls tennis team has just been really rolling along and doing a great job and uh Volleyball, uh, we just had, you know, the first home triangular of the year. The Bullpup swept that. They're 10-0. The new rankings came out today, and they did not move. They're still number six. The five teams ahead of them are all outstanding teams. 5A is just loaded in volleyball, and the Bullpups, um, you know, they're 10-0, but they can't get out of that sixth spot, but maybe that's okay. You know, it doesn't matter where you're ranked. Uh, you just want to continue to improve. And the Bullpups have a road match on Tuesday, I believe, is at Augusta with Circle, I believe, is the other team. And then they go to the Newton Invitational. And if uh, they can go into that Newton Invitational undefeated, that's going to be a real acid test for this team because that Newton tournament is always loaded. Uh, in the past, there's been teams like Capon and Carroll there. Uh, Carroll is ranked ahead of the Bullpups. So, Hopefully they'll be 12-0 going into the Newton Invitational. Uh, I went out to the match. 
the hitters, Ryan Swanson and Katie Berg, I call them the Smash Sisters, <laughs> they were putting down kills left and right. 46 kills between the two of them in the two matches. That's an astounding number. And then you had Brett Doyle, Labertu, uh, Lauren Labertu, Ella Schmid, Taylor Casebeard doing their thing. Uh, the other, the one thing Coach Doyle said they need to do, they've got to develop a third hitter. And the thing is um, – the other four starters, none of them I don't think are over 5'6". They don't have another like 5'10 player in the lineup. So developing that third hitter, uh, you know, may be a kind of a season-long question. Maybe there's another one down on the JV team that, you know, they might move up. But they are doing a lot of things well right now, and Coach Doyle very happy. Yeah, one area team I also – you mentioned when it came to football, we got a lot of teams ranked and a lot of good teams. Volleyball, we got another good team too in Smoky Valley, who's 11-1 on the year, just event their opening uh, season loss to Hillsboro on Tuesday. So they're coming back. Uh, Illyria Christian broke yes. into the state rankings this week. They're in, they are in Class 1A Division Two. Coach Jamie Gardner has a really nice team down there. She has basically everybody back but one player uh, from last year. Uh, they've only got two losses so far in the season, and uh, they're doing a good job. And so uh, volleyball is strong in the area. Inman and Mound Ridge have great traditions. They're around the 500 mark so far this year, but you know they'll get it going. And, again, Smoky Valley, though, I would really like to see this team. They beat Circle in straight sets. It took the Bullpups three sets to beat Circle. Smoky Valley got it done just in two sets. Yeah, and we'll hear from uh, Coach Ramsey during the high school coaches show also on Saturday as well as I sat down with her and got her thoughts on her team. It is exciting area uh, sports right now. I'm just, like I said, I'm going to continue to be excited because these kids who had such a hard spring and didn't get to compete and get to be a part of things got to finally be a part of things finally get to compete and have a good time and that's why i'm going to keep also reiterating if you're a parent you're a fan do the right thing stay safe wear a mask be you know stay keep keep distant and do do follow the guidelines do your due diligence yes exactly and if i tried to say that steve i there's no way i could get through those <laughs> words either way just do what you got to do so we can continue this season on and that's hopefully people around the state are are continuing to follow that as well just because you know you hate to see these teams get off to such a good start just to see it end the way it shouldn't end in something involved with covid so again let's stay safe let's get through this and we'll be able to hopefully be talking about state playoffs and hopefully be able to talk about these these great winning teams uh come the the beginning of of winter dare i say that <laughs> either way we're going to take a quick break here and we'll be back with more of the lunchtime sports sandwich we'll talk a little chiefs and a little royals action we got some wins to talk about when it comes to the royals so we'll take a quick break we'll be back with more after this a 96.7 kbbe hi friends this is dana sammer people often ask me if and when they can switch from one medicare supplement to another the answer is that you can switch at any time but it must be approved by the underwriters of the new company in other words, if your health is good, you may be a candidate to switch companies to save money, for instance. Call me, Dana Sammer, with the Alliance Agency at 245-4861, and we can discuss your Medicare needs today. Or stop by our office on the second floor of the Warren Place. Thank you. Whether you're reimagining your backyard or transforming a few acres into a field of dreams, let Prairieland Partners show you how easy and affordable it is to own a John Deere. Go to prairielandpartners.com. Click on the PLP Builder to build, price, and buy a compact utility tractor, mower, gator, or skid steer. Get started today at prairielandpartners.com. Delivering the right solution. Prairieland Partners. 
there's never been a better time than now to buy that new or used vehicle you've got your heart set on. Great Plains Federal Credit Union has great loan rates to save your budget and get you into that new vehicle. New auto loan rates are as low as 3% APR. Used auto loan rates are as low as 3.4% APR. Get free qualified and then shop for your best deal. Great Plains Federal Credit Union, made in First and McPherson, offices in Abilene, Salina, and Hillsboro. Equal Opportunity Lender member NCUA. Janet's doing it, so is Fred. Bonnie's all over it. Same with Omar. Tim's been at it since February of last year. Corey started the year before that. And guess what? They're all saving by doing so. What's that? Well, the doing part? Why, they're using the Drive Safe and Save app from State Farm. And they're saving up to 30% and more on their auto insurance. How about you? You ready to get at it and save? To start driving safe and saving in McPherson, call State Farm agent Jim LaDuke today. Discounts may vary. Not available in California, Massachusetts, New York, or Rhode Island. Keeping the house cool can be a difficult and costly task. During the day, block the heat from the sun by closing windows, doors, and curtains. Avoid creating unnecessary heat and humidity in the house. Plan to do heat and moisture creating activities such as washing dishes, doing laundry and cooking before noon or after 7 o'clock in the evening. Check the gasket or seal on your refrigerator door to make sure it fits properly. A loose gasket will cause cold air to leak out of your refrigerator. A message from your McPherson Board of Public Utilities. And welcome back to the Lunchtime Sports Sandwich. I'm Nathan Sage with Steve Sell as we are running down the hour. Got a few more minutes left to talk to you. We got some things to talk about. We got the Chiefs. We got the Royals, and I'll make fun of college sports a little bit here as I would. See, Steve, when I was making this outline for today's show, I was like, you know, should we talk about K-State? Should we talk about KU? But then it was like, well, they didn't play football because whatever was on the field was not football. So (laughs) I didn't want to talk about them and get everybody depressed. I'll just keep it with the winning right now. And it's weird to say winning when we talk about the Royals right now, after they had such a bad start to the season, one thing that is exciting right now for them as a young team is to see them go 7-3 and three right now over their last 10 games. You mentioned 7-1 and one over their last 8 games. I don't know what's in the water in Kansas City right now, but I'll say this. Let's keep it going. I know we mentioned, we've talked about this before, that we don't really see them as making a big break and getting to the playoffs this year. But it is exciting for a young team to have those winning streaks like they're having, especially against Cleveland, uh, which has really been on point so far this season. Well, what's happened for the Royals is they're done with playing the White Sox. Uh, they were 1-9 and nine against the White Sox this year. You take away the White Sox, and they're 20-20. 20 and 20. They're a 500 baseball team, which would have them right smack in the middle you know, of the playoff race. But the, the, they really had trouble with Chicago, which is like 21-6 and six in its last 27 games. And a lot of that was against the Royals. So Kansas City's getting a lot better pitching. Brady Singer's had back-to-back incredible performances. He hit the, threw eight innings of one-hit ball uh, in his uh, start before last. Last night he had a two-hitter over six innings. Uh, they're scoring just enough runs uh, to win the game. The bullpen has been lights out. A lot of good things going on in Kansas City. They just need to develop some pitching depth, and they still have some holes in the lineup. Uh, they're, they're auditioning a lot of different guys right now. They have uh, 11 games left in the season, and they're trying to take a look at some of these guys. Uh, I've noticed Alex Gordon's time has really kind of dwindled here lately. 
Uh, they've been playing Oliveras. Uh, then last night they played Mejia. And then uh, I think they, they had somebody else new in the lineup. So they're taking a, a look at a lot of guys. And it's just been too bad that Salvador Perez has been hurt because when he's been in the lineup – they have been a very good baseball team. When he's not, uh, they really seem to struggle. So, a strong finish for the Royals here. Uh, the schedule has lightened up. Uh, they're off today. I can't remember. I think they go to Milwaukee, yep. I believe, for yep. the weekend. Uh, they still have some games with the Cardinals and Tigers left to play. I'd pick them to be 16 and, and or I'm sorry, 22 and 38, 16 games under 500. Right now, they're 21 and 29, so it looks like they're going to beat that unless they have a, just a total collapse if they could get to about 26 and 34 27 and 33 uh, and remember this isn't a real baseball season oh, so yeah. this is to me this is this is a fake season because <laughs> you know you're only playing one third of the season so anyway royals have a lot to look forward to got some young pitching in the minors and i think they'll be better next year the good news is for them also is this is their last road road series they go at Milwaukee for three games this weekend, and then they're home against St. St. Louis and Detroit to finish the season. So if you're going to – now's the time to get on that winning streak. You know, if they can – Milwaukee's going to be tough, obviously, but if you can get on a good winning streak against St. Louis and Detroit, St. Louis is going to be hard, obviously, well, too. But they've played St. Louis tough this year. The Cardinals really struggle offensively. Uh, how they're still in the playoffs, I don't know. Their entire outfield's under 200 as a – you know, batting average is under 200. And then Detroit, they've shown that – you know, they can pretty much play with Detroit every game. Uh, just like to see them finish on a roll and maybe pick up a couple key free agents in the offseason. And then going forward, we wouldn't, we'd wouldn't we be wrong if we didn't talk about the Kansas City Chiefs. A week ago today, they got their first win of the season. It's weird to think it's been a week since they've played. They'll be playing this Sunday in L.A. at their new stadium, the SoFi Stadium in Hollywood Park. Pre-game right here, 2 o'clock, kickoff 325, right here on 96.7 KBBE. The new $5 billion stadium complex is three and a half times larger than Disneyland, and, this, and it seats 70,000. The only thing that's sad is there's no way going to be there. It's just going to yeah. be. And, you know, the Rams debuted that stadium last week against Dallas. The thing looks like a spaceship. Exactly. I mean, it, it is state-of-the-art. It is just glitzy. And, again, though, uh, no fans. Unlike Kansas City, Kansas City is allowing fans. Uh, Kansas City and Jacksonville, the only two teams allowing fans. So uh, it's going to seem strange to play the Chargers with no Phillip Rivers at quarterback. He had a big game for the Colts in defeat uh, last Sunday. I think he started that game like uh, 21 of 25. He had 280 yards, I believe, in the first half. Then he kind of fell off, did a typical Phillip Rivers thing, didn't finish the game real strong. And, you know, we've always kind of made fun of him. <laughs> Uh, we've always called him Phyllis, yeah. you know, Phyllis Rivers. That's what Chiefs fans call him. But it's just going to seem strange. Now they've got Tyrod Taylor. He's a quarterback that, who can run some, which always gives the Chiefs trouble. That was the nice thing about Phyllis Rivers. He was like a statue back in the pocket. The Chiefs used to always get a great pass rush on him. Uh, running quarterbacks give the Chiefs problems. But I see the Chiefs winning this game just because they can simply outscore teams. That offense is just unbelievable. Patrick Mahomes, a very controlled first game. And then, of course, Clyde Edwards, Alaire, the H is silent, Alaire, <laughs> had 138 yards on 25 carries. I don't think he will get that many carries this week. Uh, you don't want to burn the guy out. But uh, – the Chiefs offense is so good. It's going to take a tough team to beat them just because they can score so many points. One thing I thought was interesting about the uh, the uh, Chargers is, 
you mentioned there that Philip Rivers is no longer there. What I watched uh, this last weekend when I saw some of the Chargers game, that game was they're more of a pro style offense now, not not really spread out like they were with Philip Rivers. It's they're they're kind of being more physical at the line, and I thought that was interesting. It's going to be a Definitely inter- interesting matchup for the Chiefs because they're used to playing that spread offense against San Diego, so they're going to have to be more physical at the line, see the linebackers get into it more, and it's going to be a real big test for that defensive line for the Chiefs. Yeah, no Melvin Gordon either for San Diego. You know, we've been used to him yep. in the backfield. They got the speedy Austin Eckler. I know Austin Eckler went pretty high in our fantasy football league because he can both catch the ball out of the backfield. And Keenan Allen has just been a Chiefs killer, you know, his entire career. Um, you know, he is always a handful. Remember, the Chiefs still have – they've got some injuries in the secondary, which could really hurt. Breland is still on the suspended list. He has to set out uh, two more games after this week for, for violating the substance abuse policy. So the Chiefs are going to be a little thin in the secondary this week. I think you're going to see a lot of points scored. I look for a game – Kind of like 34-27, Chiefs. Again, that game will be right here on 96.7 KBB. Pre-game for that one, 2 o'clock. Kickoff set for 325 right here again on 96.7 KBBE. But talking about the Chiefs kind of pulls me right into... Nathan's Complaint of the Week. So, I'm, you know, looking at information and going through stats and going through, you know, reviews of games and, and things like that, and I'm... Spending my time checking ESPN and and boom, ESPN comes over on my Facebook because today, and this will be one of the things later, the birthdays, it's Patrick Mahomes' birthday, 25th birthday. And instead of, they're like, oh, celebrate Patrick Mahomes' 25th birthday, that's great. The thing that drove me nuts, though, is they pointed out how much money Patrick Mahomes is going to make this year and in the next 10 years, and they broke it down by he makes a dollar sixty an hour. I mean, sorry, a dollar sixty a second. He makes ninety six dollars a minute, uh, five thousand seven hundred forty two dollars an hour, one hundred thirty seven thousand eight hundred eight dollars a day. Pretty good work if you can get it. Well, that's my thing. That's okay. So uh, we mentioned I was in the military for eight years. Served four years in the Marine Corps, four years in the Army, and I've been deployed. I've been in combat. Been through all that. I'm so tired of people trying to be mad at these players for the money they make or just in general trying to compare why do they get paid more and people in the military get well one if we all got paid that much in the military we, we wouldn't have a military and ev- <laughs> or we'd have a huge military because everybody would want to be a part of it and the budget would be crazy but my thing is is why do we always focus on the players why do we not focus on these organizations as we mentioned the chargers and the rams having that huge new five billion dollar stadium and all the money that they're bringing in and then when you talk about you keep can keep going with the ncaa and the amount of money they're making and the players aren't even making anything right so that's my biggest thing is quit trashing on the players for making their money be proud be celebrate these players for the amount of money they get and and because it it, it reflects the economy we're in and it reflects how our nation is doing and to see that amount of money you should be like yes that is great for yeah and in normal times when you have fans and you know the arrowhead stadium being full just think how much money the chiefs and especially Patrick Mahomes bringing the city of Kansas City. Just think about the sports bars and the restaurants during game. Just think how much of a boost to the economy it is. Uh, I'm one of those that does think sometimes I think they're overpaid a little bit, but they deserve to get paid a lot. But, uh, 
you know, really in a couple of years, Patrick Mahomes' contract is going to be obsolete because there will probably be 10 players earning more money than him. My good take on Patrick Mahomes is he's going to hopefully be the quarterback for the Chiefs at least till I'm 75 years old. <laughs> so I get to enjoy Patrick. Hopefully I'll live long enough to see Patrick Mahomes. And a couple more Super Bowls. Yeah, yeah. And hopefully, you know, uh, he's committed to another 10 years uh, or actually 12 years because he's got two years on this current deal he has and then 10-year extension is what he signed. So I'm going to get to see Patrick Mahomes hopefully until I'm 75 years old. And uh, I got to think feeling the Chiefs will win a Super Bowl or two in the next uh, 12 years. And another kind of thing to go off that a little bit when people talk about you know why don't why does the police force the firefighters the military why do they not get paid as much or or that i'll tell you one thing 99 percent of the people in those positions in those jobs doing that if they had an opportunity to play in the nfl for five hundred thousand dollars the league minimum they would jump all over that in a heartbeat. And and to say you wouldn't, you're kidding yourself. So that's I, I, I applaud the players for, to be able to, to make the money they're making. I just wish the organizations, and such a, more, mainly towards college NCAA, who takes advantage of it, could did a little bit more and did their part to help these communities and stuff like that. So that's that, that has been my complaint of the week. But I'm going to keep going here as we'll just transition right into this day in sports. Get an opportunity. One thing I did want to mention uh, – I give a shout out. I know my mom's listening. It would have been my dad's 68th birthday today. So he would, if he were still alive, he passed away back in 2007. He'd be 68 years old. It just blows my mind. That makes me feel real old. So. Well, my dad would be 93 <laughs> right now. So, so, so uh, yeah, and uh, he lived to the ripe old age of 87. He was still playing golf at 83. Uh, I hope. I can be playing golf at 83. I don't think I'd be playing the blue tees, but I, I think uh, I'd still like to be playing at 83 because it keeps you, you know, it keeps you in physical shape and keeps your mind sharp and keeps you active. One thing is, is it's cool because he's now that I know that he shares a birthday with Patrick Mahomes or say Patrick Mahomes shared a birthday with him. But there's some other crazy birthdays today. Phil Jackson, you know, the longtime Lakers coach, GM coach, coach for the Bulls, G, you know, for the Knicks, all that stuff. He it's his birthday. He's born 1945 on this day. Rasheed Wallace, the former NBA player. I always think of the the hair a little yeah, bit in his a head. A little tough to hair. Yes. I, I think of the technical fouls. Yes. Rasheed used to lead the world in technical fouls. <laughs> So his birthday as well. He was born 1974. Jimmy Johnson, the NASCAR driver who's retiring actually this year, uh, in he was born in 1975 on this day. He was actually born, you know, from El Cajon, California. When I was stationed in the Marine Corps, I was stationed at Marine Corps Air Station Miramar. I lived in Santee, which is right next to El Cajon. My ex, actual ex-wife actually worked in El Cajon, so tons of Jimmy Johnson Chevrolets everywhere. I thought that was interesting, and. And I'm going to butcher the name. I always butcher Alexander Ovechkin. Ovechkin. Yes, He's the hockey player. Maybe the best hockey player in the world right he now. He is my age today. He turns 35. So happy birthday to them. This day in sports, some some big things obviously happened. This one. I, I'm a Vikings fan, so I'm going to go right to this one. 1961, the Minnesota Vikings won their first NFL game, beat the Chicago Bears 37-13. And Fran Tarkenton played in his first NFL game in the same game, obviously coming off the bench to lead the Vikings to a 37-13 victory through four touchdowns. And see, I grew up 
in the Fran Tarkenton era. He was the uh, they called him the or he was the mad scrambler. The guy would run around. He was the first of the real mobile quarterbacks. wasn't a very big guy, but played a long time. Uh, of course, you know he, he he was with the Vikings for a long time. Then went to the Giants. So uh, had a really great career. Then he did some. I think he was on Monday Night Football as one of the broadcasters. So uh, Fran Tarkenton. He was a great football player. One more thing I wanted to get to for sure. 1979, the Royals, George Brett, is sixth to have 20 doubles, 20 triples, and 20 home runs in a season. Well, you don't see 20 triples at all anymore. I That's mean, amazing. Generally, the most triples will lead the league is about 10 or 11. But uh, you got to remember in 1979, they were playing at Kauffman Stadium when they had that bouncy just super it was almost like yes the baseball was like a super ball the way it would bounce around on that turf especially when it was 130 degrees on that turf on a 100 degree day george brett of course uh he was able to hit you know he, he played three different decades he had that 390 season uh where he challenged the 400 he was hitting 406 in september and then finally ended that year at 390 so george brett the all-time number one royal every time you think of george brett people tend to go to that pine tar incident and that's stained his career it was one incident it's not that big a deal there's so many more historic moments with george brett so let's celebrate that and let's get away from the pine tar anyways that we're out of time for the lunchtime sports sports sandwich today it was another great show here with me and me nathan sage joined alongside steve sell we will catch you again next week thursday 12 15 right here on 96 7 kbbe we'll also be back tomorrow when we have bullpup football six 30 kickoff for a pregame for that one kickoff seven o'clock and then we'll be here again saturday morning for the high school coaches show eight o'clock in the morning for that one so tune in tons of time to hear us but until then until you hear us again till tomorrow we will catch you on the flippity flip that's going to do it for this week's version of the lunchtime sports sandwich i hope you all enjoyed your lunch with a side of sports courtesy of myself and steve sell until next week go bulldogs go bullpups go wildcats go jayhawks go royals and go chiefs